Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome to the show. This is the Uncommon Life Project and I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Clarice, thank you so much for that amazing intro. Hello, Clarice. (laughs) Thank you for that intro. You always do a great job. We have an amazing show for you today, but before we get into it, we just wanted to talk a little bit about us. We are two of the craziest, most different, uncommon advisors that you'll be around. We are with the Uncommon Wealth Partners, and we really do like to help people get into their sweet spot, what they're gifted at, what they're passionate about, and we don't really talk too much about age or when you want to do that because we feel like you should do that right away. So if that interests you, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to see if we can get you kind of on this uncommon path where you're chasing after what you're, what you're passionate about. Um, so we have an amazing show for you today. You understand why we wanted this guest. Uh, Brian, go ahead, give them the intro and the bio, and then we'll go from there. So yeah, we have Mark Stanley, founder of The Why Company, a business consultancy that helps business leaders clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision. You can tell why we like him. He is a successful business leader who has consulted with over 100 companies, sits on a number of advisory boards, and owns a few businesses. Mark is a sought-after and trusted advisor who believes that he must and you must create value before you expect anything in return. Mark is a certified EOS implementer. In all of his work, he has found a few universal truths across all organizations that involve people and processes. Mark believes that learning is the fountain of youth that keeps you inspired and motivated to do something great each day. He earned his BBA in finance with honors from the University of Iowa. Yes, he is a Hawkeye and an MBA from Drake University. When Mark isn't working, he is spending time with his wife, Mary Ellen, and his children and friends. He enjoys traveling, pairing cheese with wine, and playing golf. Enjoy the show, everyone. Well, welcome to the show, Mark Stanley. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, we're excited excited to get you on recording. This has been a relationship that Brian and I have had for years, and he's kind of been the secret sauce or the the glue that holds Brian and I together (laughs) when we're talking about goals and aspirations. The inner secrets. The inner secrets of Uncommon Wealth Partners, everyone. So thank you for being here. Like we said, I want to jump right into it and ask you, have you always been this happy and have you always loved what you have done in your career, in your life? Oh, that's a great question. You know, uh, I can't always say that it's been uh, the best, you know, as you go through life and go through business, there's certainly some ups and downs and all of it. And but I would say, though, that over the last few years, I've been more systematic about doing more of the things that make me happy and letting go of some of those things that, that uh, take happiness away. Mm-hmm. And with that, um, you know, you become more, I, I think of it as more, um, more gratitude in life, more thankfulness in life, and just, you know, intentional about the things and the ways that you're spending time. Mm-hmm. You know, the EOS process is something that was revolutionary to Brian and I when we first heard of it. I'd like you to walk our listeners through the EOS process, kind of give us the elevator speech, the high level overview of what this is and why is it so, so important to business owners and entrepreneurs? 
Yeah, so EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And what it does is it provides a system for entrepreneurial business owners, particularly to clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision. Otherwise, we want to get help them get more of what they want out of the business. And when they get more of what they want out of the business, they're actually freer with their time and they're more intentional with the things they do in the business and they set it up to have it be working for them instead of them working for their business. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, I say it's simple, but it's not easy. It comes down to really, uh, the model has six components that, that every business has to address. And the first component is vision. And that's just getting crystal clear of where you're going and how you're going to get there. And then uh, all businesses, as they grow, they, they add more people. So we want to make sure that as the business grows, we get the right people into the right seats. That's the second component. So 100% there looks like uh, there's 10 people, 100 people, or 1,000 people. They're the right people in the right seats. Then the third component is the data component. What that really does is make the business very objective. So there's a weekly scorecard that gives you a pulse of how the business is operating. But what we really want to do is take, uh, is to support the opinions we bring in business every day with facts and data. We just make better decisions. We're better able to predict where we're going. Uh, and that supports the vision as well. So when the vision is in place, the right people, right seat, we've got the data there giving us the pulse of how the business is operating. What happens is the business becomes very lucid, very clear, very transparent. That goes, takes us to the fourth component, which is the issues component. What happens in issues is, you know, the joke is there's 128 known issues in business, but most of those issues are coming from not having the right people or not having them in the right seat or not being clear on the vision or not having data help us make decisions, and we're arguing based on somebody's opinion of what should be happening. And so with those things in clear, the issues list becomes very small. Those 128 issues start to melt away to those things that you really need to work on to transform the business and get it on the rate of growth that you're looking to get it on. Um, and great businesses are built on great processes. So the process is the fifth component. What process helps you do is make the business more efficient, effective, scalable, ultimately more profitable. So we get it down to the handful of core processes that make that business really operate um, systematically and consistently. Entrepreneurs actually love process, contrary to belief. <laughs> so entrepreneurs figure out that, hey, this worked well, let's keep doing it that way. Or they say, this didn't work well, we can't do it that way anymore. Mm -hmm. All we do is take what works well for the entrepreneur and the business owner and then break it down in step-by-step-by-step step step so it's repeatable. Uh, so that's, that's the fifth component. The sixth component is, you know, we have this great vision, we have to get it down to the ground. And so the, the sixth component is traction. So the joke is... Uh, uh, vision without traction is merely hallucination. So we've got to get it to the ground. So there's two parts of that. What we want to try, and it's living in the 90-day world is one part of that. So if we, if we take a 10-year target of where we're going, we break it down into a three-year picture of where it looks like three years from now, down to the one year, then we break it down even further to the 90-minute or to the 90 days. So every 90 days, um, we, we, we reset priorities. So we pop up from the business. We look out over the hood for the next you know, 90 days, year, three year. And then from that, we set um, rocks. And those are just merely priorities for the next 90 days. Now that's 13 Mondays and they go really fast. They do. <laughs> Trust me on that. <laughs> so then, from, and then with that, we have to keep all of this tied together really well. And, and a, there's a thing called a level 10 meeting. That's a weekly meeting, keeps your business. You know, it's the pulse of the business, keeps the most important things the most important. 
So going back, right? So if you've got the vision clear, you've got the right people in the right seats, you've got the data helping you be an objective in the business, you're solving, finding ways to solve the issues that are preventing you from getting where you want to go in the business. You're, you're using, you put the good process discipline in place, and then you're keeping it all wired together with 90-day priorities and a pulse once a week. The business, be, the business operates better. Sure. And more efficiently. Yeah, more efficiently. And, and we don't think of it like uh, we don't want the entrepreneur, you know, to work for the EOS system. The EOS system needs to work for the entrepreneur. So all it does is a system or process that helps you get more of what you want out of the business at the end of the day. Sure. Now, is this your proprietary strategy? or uh, This is not mine. Okay. This was uh, as much as I'd like to, to lay claim to it. <laughs> A guy named Gino Wickman uh, started building this system many years ago, and he wrote a book called Traction uh, in 2007. I got involved in 2009, and I'm what they call an EOS implementer. But in the book Traction, he lays out the, the, each component of the model, and it's really the how-to book. Uh, from that, there's been additional books put to the library, but Traction is the is kind of that base how-to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yep. Cool. Gotcha. So you've been doing this out of the Great Depression that I, I call it, 0809, <laughs> that the media doesn't want to call it, but that's what the it was. The Greater Recession, the yeah. Lesser Depression. Yeah. yeah. So you, you work with a lot of prominent businesses in the, in the Midwest. Talk to us about um, what you're seeing in business, what you're excited about, um, maybe at like a higher level, just the general economy. Uh, well, generally, everybody I've been working with in the last three to five years has just uh, continues to get their business continues to get bigger and better and stronger mm -hmm. every year. Uh, have, uh, good fortune is we haven't had anybody going backwards. What I'm finding right now is the things are so tight from a people standpoint that actually what's constraining most businesses is they can't find the people they need to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so I think of it the for me and the. I'm no macroeconomist, but sure. it's kind of, it seems like it's leveling off or hitting the ceiling, sure. not because there isn't demand or desire. It's just there are people constrained, huh. right? They can't. Yeah. And so what that's forcing is them to look, uh, businesses I'm working with to look at automation or technology or other ways to be more efficient, mm -hmm. more efficient without necessarily having yeah. to have people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And I hear it all the time. What are yeah. people doing to get people? Sure. Right. Yep. And I, I think, you know, for Philip and I, this process has been really cathartic, humbling, <laughs> scary. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but it's been, yeah, it's been powerful. And I think, you know, you're probably like a borderline counselor in a lot of ways. And so what, Seems to be what a do you part see? Of the job. <laughs> yeah. Sure. What do you see aside from people like that's holding back most companies? Is it just avoiding the tough conversations that's or? A good question. Well, like more of the emotional stuff, right? Oh, so, you know, uh, if I were to boil it away, at EOS uh, at its, its heart is three things. It's vision, traction, and healthy. And healthy is where that, that ugly stuff lives that we need to solve. And so people, you know, people have worked together for a while. They've had the battles. There's some things that are there that are under the surface that they don't want to address again because it just creates arguments. And what we want to try to do is bring that stuff to light and solve it. Mm. Um, Gino uh, one time told the story of uh, the, 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 the villagers in Latin America were getting sick. And on a mission trip, they said, well, it's coming from the water. The water's sitting on the jungle floor and, and it's not getting sunlight. And so it's impure and there's viruses in it. Mm. 
So the simplest way to get water uh, pure is to put it in big glass jars on top of the homes for the houses, for the sunlight to hit it. And then what happens is the sunlight purifies the water. Hmm. And so similarly, like EOS, is it starts to take, there's a lot of murky stuff. There's a lot of viruses living on that jungle floor. So we, what we try to do is bring all that stuff into the light. So EOS has a, has, on the team health part of that, does a nice job of shining light in those dark uh, yeah. virus yeah. infested corners of the business and brings it to life. Now, that's scary. People, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have to have courage to address that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I do works best for people that are open, honest, and vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, a simple word I call it coachable. You know, um, and I, I kind of know right away if a business owner has, you know, isn't humble enough, right? They're not able to admit their mistakes or they think everything's working perfectly. They have uh, uh, rose-colored glasses on all the time. <laughs> well, it isn't always working well in the business. And so we have to bring that stuff to life. Sure. A lot of those things are relationships and things that are uh, that have happened in the past that are carried forward. Mm. You know, we, we tend to live in three time zones, right? We live in the we live in the past. So we're we're blocked by, you know, things that didn't work well. We've tried that before and it didn't work. Or we we're blocked by those arguments or those relationships that have been damaged in the past that affect how we're in today. Mm-hmm. So that's one time zone of the past. Mm-hmm. The other time zone we live in is the future. Mm-hmm. The future is what we want to do and those visions and those things that we want to try to do in our lives. And the third time zone we live in is the present. So a lot of times the, the past history. Uh, with relationships and people and things we've done before actually block our future. Interesting. Yep. Yep. So we have to take our time zone. The only time zone we're living in is the present. Mm-hmm. And we have to let go of some of that stuff we've had, we've, we've had in the past, those bad experiences, let them go so we can get, realize more of the future that we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let go. Yep. Let it go just goes to the adjective. Like we are our worst enemies. We're always in our always. own. We're always in our own way. Yeah. And sometimes it takes somebody to help point that out in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, <laughs> I'm going into it. I'm going to <laughs> Give us the worst, like the ugliest story about bringing out some fungal in the jungle. If oh, you say. story. Well, there, there are many. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to point anybody out, but I do. If you have one on top of your head, I would love, I think our listeners would love it too. Well, you know, I, I was working with a group and uh, it was really, you know, so I'd go day by day. And so I, I work with the client for the whole day. So we start at eight, we'd end up about 4.30. And I, I was with this client one day and I knew that there was something really stinky going on. Because uh, one of the things we do is a check-in. <laughs> and the check-in is, you know, uh, your best, one person, one professional, What's the, what's, what, what's, uh, what are your, let's give us an update of what's working and not working in the yeah. business. And then what are your expectations for the day? And so I know I get a really good sense of the temperature of the business when we do that check-in. And there's two folks that uh, really aren't talking to each other. I just love the story. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, listen, th- there's something really stinky in the air. And we got to clear the air before we can go anywhere. Right, because yes. we're, because if we don't clear this air, Preach it, Mark. this thing's going to be this thing's going to be ten times worse. Ten times worse. So let's go there. I say, you know, and, and I'm trained, uh, you know, in the EOS method to enter the danger. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And so we Preach have to. <laughs> <laughs> and it isn't always fun. Totally. But at the end, we get a good result. And so I usually get a good result. Yeah, not yeah, always. Yeah. In this case, you know, we, we, we kind of had it out. You know, the two Let's people go. had it out in the room. And, uh, you know, there's what I find is sometimes, um, you know, the absence of information, we fill in the, the blanks with misinformation or, or the worst case of what's yes. happening, right? And so we don't put it in with, uh, you know, your mother used to say when you get home late, why well, thought you're upside down in the ditch? <laughs> like, no, mom, I, I just hadn't, uh, I lost track of time, you know, at the party, but it's all okay. So we fill in the blank with the worst case scenario. Right. So this, and we make a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. about how people are feeling or what their perception is. And so what I try to do is, is, is um, tease out those things that we're sure. feeling and perceiving. And so that's what we're doing in this group. And it ended up, it ended up coming down to, there was a misunderstanding of something, an event that occurred many months ago that had been festering. And wow. so since that, that event many weeks, I don't remember what it is exactly, but from that time, you know, everything supported the negative. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So yeah. we, we, that person's a jerk. And so everything that happened in the previous it's like weeks, it's all that point, big was, conspiracy. Was all point back to reinforcing their what their perception was right. is this person was a jerk. Yes, yes. right. Yep. And so, you know, we tend to, we tend to, it's called the uh, bias, confirmation bias. We only see the things that confirm what right. we believe. Right. And so yes. when we get right down to it, it's like, well, geez, I had, I had, I really didn't know that that's the way you thought about that, you know? And, oh, well, yeah, that's how I was perceiving it. Well, I can see now that's why yeah. we're feeling that why this came out this way. We communicated. Now we communicate. Now we These people just don't communicate well. Yeah. Mm. So, so what was the ugly? So they hit each other? What are we at? <laughs> we're like they, well, I, I said, if it gets too bad, we have to take this outside. Right? <laughs> but I was laying down bets on, on the over-under. On who was yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gloves in my bag. I got gloves in my bag. <laughs> no, you, you know, it's just people trying to get along. Now, I, now, you have to have two people that are willing to solve it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right? They're coachable. The coachable yeah, they're part. coachable part. Because if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, we try to take some of the emotion out of it and just go back to the yeah. facts. But obviously, the emotions play into it. So For sure. instead of going to that specific example, has there anybody ever cried? Well, we have, we cry every session. Well, not every session, but every, so this is, um, yeah. In the annual session, where we really focus on team health. So it goes quarter, 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 annual. And that annual session, uh, three to four hours of that is really focused on team health. And we always have tears. Mm. Always. It's not an annual unless there's tears. Wow. Because we really try to bring that out with people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all along the way, you know, in, in the weekly meeting, in the quarterly meeting, the annual meeting, there's always a time in there built in for team health. It's give us your one best personal, one best professional, like for the week mm. or for the 90 days. In the annual, though, we get into, uh, we do a thing called personal histories. And it's like, uh, you know, first name, <laughs> you know, full name. Yep. Then where did you grow up? How many siblings? What was your best job? Your it's worst personal. job? Yeah. Right? Uh, what was your biggest challenge growing up? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yes. Mm. And then, and that's usually where we get the tears. Sure. Right? Because people are in it there. Breaking down. They're breaking down a little bit. And so, interesting thing about vulnerability is that the more vulnerable you are, 
the closer people, it allows people to be close to you. If you're not vulnerable, uh, people uh, tend to shy away from you. Mm -hmm. So it isn't weak. weak vulnerability is not weakness. Vulnerability is strength because it draws people towards you. Mm, there's a community closer. Yeah. So when there's when there's a person who uh, breaks down, maybe they're. Uh, I had one guy. He moved 19 times in 18 years. Cool. So it came down to hometown. <laughs> I can't answer that. What? We moved yeah. 19 times. His biggest challenge growing up was that it's like people in the room didn't know that, you know, mm. when they knew that it answers a lot of questions, it answers a lot of questions, <laughs> yes. right? But when, but you know, it break down and you know, you have things where, um, you know, you find out some right. things about people that they're willing to share and they're like, Whoa. Yeah. yeah. But it does put, it does, it does make a ton of sense. But when people are, are, you know, in their most vulnerable state, again, it draws people closer to them because they want to help and they want to, you know, care for that person. Sure. So it's not weakness, it's strength. Yeah. So we get a lot of people that, you know, we kind of talk about the Jumanji drumbeat inside. And people going from working a job or, you know, trying to get an idea off the ground and kind of flipping over from maybe an employee to an entrepreneur. What are some of the what are some of the advice you'd give somebody just starting out who's probably not maybe maybe ready to be a client of yours, but like getting on that path of checking in the quarterly rocks, getting a system to manage their business when you're really trying to just transition an idea or passion? Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get lost in that excitement yeah. of setting up those patterns of success for when it gets rocky because you're going to hit rocks mm -hmm. multiple times owning a business. And so I think it's like, what advice would you give the people just starting out to get that traction more upfront and, and, you know, seeking wisdom, I guess, from, from more seasoned people. Cause that was something certainly that Philip and I have gone through. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, by nature are creative and they have courage. And so the combination of creativity and courage get them into positions where uh, <laughs> it can be ugly. scary yeah. and ugly. And so, you know, I, I, I think that you know, the most important thing is to, you know, magic occurs when you take the entrepreneurial spirit and you, and you couple it with process and the process discipline. So you take the entrepreneurial spirit with the process discipline. So what I would say is if you want to scale and grow, you get a good foundation of taking the dream and then putting it into a process so that it's repeatable. So if you have a lawn mowing business, right, how do I, how do I quote uh, service, you know, invoice and customer care, right? Mm -hmm. And so then whether I'm doing that one time, 10 times or 100 times in a season, mm -hmm. how do I do that? Mm -hmm. So I can repeat it so that, I can hand that off to somebody else and they can do it the way it's successful. And then we grow and they hand it off to the way that's successful, you know, as layers of, of, of layers come in. Scale, scale, so scale. scale, scale, scale. So I would think that I would build every business so that it's scalable from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Right away. Right away. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how do you don't have to make all of the moves. Mm -hmm. You just have to say, uh, what's the best way for me to grow? So strategies really strategy. If I think about it, it's just how you're going to grow and make money, but also how are you going to scale the business? Yes. And many people leave out that third 
how to scale the business. How to scale. And they jump into business and all they do is focus in the business yeah. and they never focus they on get a new business. job. Yeah, they don't they don't focus on the business to figure out how to scale it. Yeah. They're constantly in that job. That's a great point because you have to in my mind, you treat it as a business from the beginning mm -hmm. and how you're going to grow and get there. Whether you, whether you ever get beyond two or three or four people, you have to think that way. You have to think it as a business. I think it comes back to, I don't know, I always come back to that book, Cashflow Quadrant. It's mm -hmm. probably one of the most seminal books of business. For sure. But it doesn't really help you actually <laughs> do it. Do it, yeah. other than have the problem. <laughs> but just right. that. You know, we get into a business and we're self-employed. We really just mm -hmm. created a job for us. And then how do we transition to owning a business where it runs without us being there? You well, know, that's the million-dollar question. That's what Kiyosaki said. You know, you don't have a business until you can leave for six months and come back and have it be better off than it was when you left. Oh, it, right. Right? So, so you've got to have that. That's a business. Yeah, right? Right. Otherwise, you're self-employed. Right. And people make really good livings being self-employed. Yeah. Um, that's fine. But mm -hmm. I always like to think of it, if you're going to start it out, as how do you create a business out of it mm -hmm. so that you can eventually walk Mark. away. That gives you freedom then. Yeah. Yes. Ultimately. And I mean, if we're all going to just be really vulnerable here, that's where Brian and I are at, right? Yeah. We yeah. are in a job. We love it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not that scalable. And so, mm -hmm. again, that's the stuff that we talk about with Mark. And from an outsider perspective, be able to shoot wisdom and knowledge <laughs> into where we're at and kind of give us ideas. So, I, I mean, it's been instrumentable. And the fact that he's, yeah. yep, thank you. <laughs> Me and my words. Philip likes to combine words. <laughs> I really do. Um, but it's been really helpful for Brian and I. So, so Mark. That's the magic. You, you have a life outside of being coach. And you like that life. Mm. So I think you've helped us highlight like how you use your own process to design your own life. And that's a big portion of what the podcast is about. I was like, I love business. I know you love mm -hmm. business, but we also like being away from our business. So can you kind of talk to our listeners about how, you know, you've, you've eaten your own cooking, so to speak, and how you've designed your life and your business to support, um, you know, life outside of EOS with your family. Yeah. So uh, thank you for that. I would, you know, I would go back to the, the eight, the four cash flow quadrants, and I would say that EOS is I'm self-employed, right? So it's just me and an assistant, Michelle, and uh, you know she tries to keep me in my sweet spot in the sessions, and I offload a lot of stuff to her on the day-to-day -day stuff. But really, at the end of the day, uh, I, I that's me as mm -hmm. self-employed. So then it's always ever, that's the way that's designed. But then you know I have another business mm -hmm. that I use. Uh, uh, that I use the EOS process in that we're growing and developing mm. that works without me. So I do have a, a partnership in a business that does that. And then on the fourth quadrant, you know, having your money work for you. So I try to take some of that EOS money into, you know, the fourth quadrant sure. and eventually take some of that. So I'm, how I'm designing it is EOS over the course of, I'll always do what I'm doing. Mm. Right. So I'm I'm doing that. Forever, because yeah. right. you love it. Because I love it. Right? Love it and live it. Right, I love it and live it. And so passionate about that. But I got to take this cash flow and figure out how to get more uh, residual income. Yep. And so that's what the real estate investments do, mm -hmm. and then make some longer term investments. So, but that's just the financial part, right? That's the that's the easy. That's just math. Mm -hmm. The other part of the of what EOS allows me to do, or how I set up the life, is. I put it down into three buckets of days. And so there are free days. There are um, 
session days where I'm getting paid and there's buffer days, which are things I'm doing in the business, but not necessarily getting paid for. Mm -hmm. So the way it's set up is I get paid day by day. So I, I carve out about 120 days a year. I basically think about it as a third, a third, a third. So a third of my days are session days. A third of my days are free days. And a third of my days are buffer days. And I use the buffer to run some of the other businesses and use some of the buffer days to help me get more EOS days. Mm -hmm. But the most important of those days is the things I block first are the free days, mm -hmm. right? And I'm very disciplined about that. It's free days, then session days, and then buffer days. Mm -hmm. So I'm out on the calendar for me about nine months to a year, and I'm blocking out time for time off. A free day is no phone calls, no emails, free uh, with family, friends. We like to travel, so we travel a lot on those free days. Mm -hmm. uh, weekends are free days, so we shut the weekends off. There's no email, phone calls, no business done mm -hmm. on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And then I block it within the week that way too. So I take it macro in the year and then block it down. So as it's designed today, Monday morning is kind of set up for the for the week. Monday afternoon, I'm, I'm making calls and making contacts with clients. I take Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as session days. Friday morning, kind of clean up for the week, whatever needs to be done. And Friday afternoon, Saturday, and Sunday off. And then repeat. Uh, in there are a week, you know, week, 10 days, two weeks off at a time mm -hmm. to really unplug. But in the weekly, that's how it's worked. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about 120 free days and you're counting weekends as free days, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So there's really only 20 days, right, mm -hmm. that are free. Mm -hmm. I get a few more than that. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. I'm just saying it like a third, a third, a third, yeah, yeah, yeah. just okay. for simple math. <laughs> say, I'm like more like 143 days. Okay, yeah. But if we can get that, if you could have half your year be free days, Cute. and oh. then 25% of the time be session days and 25% yeah. of the You're time. You're working pretty efficient. And what I like yeah. about that, what I heard, is play with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. And like make sure you don't sacrifice your time. Because I think a lot of business owners and federal entrepreneurs will sacrifice. That's oh, me yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> if right. there's anybody to sacrifice, it's going to be me. I'll figure yeah. out everybody else. But That's where, you know, that's where the system uh, has, the EOS system and the way it's designed has given me a lot of personal freedom. Yes. Because I don't, there's not a lot of prep time. So I've had two sessions this week. So the prep time for each session is I make a contact with the client, talk to them for maybe 15 or 20 minutes, going into the session, make sure we're squared away. Second thing we do is, I, you know, before the session, I spend, they send me their stuff. I spend 15 to 20 minutes reviewing it. We do the full session day. They're scripted, you know, it's scripted on how we get through the day. At the end of the day, I button it up with the debrief. I hand it off to Michelle. She types it up. I send it over with any next steps, mm -hmm. right? And then I'm, then I'm on to the next one. So in terms of the day, 8 to 4.30 with about an hour of buffer, buffer time, yeah, right? And then it's the next session. So tears. <laughs> Tear time. Tears. And, <laughs> you know, and I, may, I keep really good notes during the session. You know, I do sure. a debrief, but the, yeah. it's all scripted, right? So I, I put notes in the, in the right boxes. So I walk in knowing. People are surprised. Like, how do you remember that? Well, it's just so a review. It's just a review of the notes <laughs> yes. again. And, but um, and I, I like, I like business. And so, a good part of that is I get to see a lot of different mm -hmm. types of business, and the issues are all the same. So, you find a solution in one industry that works in a totally different industry. You just tweak it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, I get the benefit of being able to. Uh, pollinate a lot of good practices out there for one business to In another. that experience, you can see how valuable that is. Yeah. So that's why people are clamoring to get you in front of them 
yeah. to be able to organize and put a process together. Yeah. And it's fun. I'm passionate about it. Yeah. You know, but again, get the work done, clock out, go home, eat dinner yeah. with my family and move on. Move well, on I think it's, I think it's interesting too, because we meet a lot of people that are ready to like, how fast can I retire? I want to, I can't do this forever. I, I don't want to do this another. And like with you, you're saying like, I want to, I couldn't imagine not doing this. And so I think you and get I, better and better. I'm, yeah. I'm never not doing this. Right. Okay. And you're hitting your, mm -hmm. you're in your stride, I would say. Yeah. And, and now you can just, I want to increase my days off or my free days and I'm going to ratchet down my session. Yeah, days so I might not, I'll, I won't, I don't want to work at 125 days a year. Mm -hmm. I roll that down, you know, five years, I'm down to hundred days. Mm -hmm. Five years after that, maybe I'm down to 80 days. Yep. And then maybe I do only 50 days well, let's you know, talk, at some point. But. Let's talk about pricing for mm -hmm. the EOS and Mark Stanley and how that's evolved to where you're at today. Because mm -hmm. as you're getting experience, mm -hmm. so is your pricing going up. Like, let's talk to that. Because hmm. I think, I'll, I'll caveat that, but you like, I got that look, that was awesome. Yeah. But it's hard to raise your prices as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, and I think it, you probably see it more uh, with your position, but yeah, I think it's a great question of like, I think as entrepreneurs, you want to give it away because you don't have that confidence of like, wow, I just started doing this, what is it really worth? And then as you mature in your craft. Yeah, so. I think the first way to kind of approach that part of the conversation is say, like, for me, I always want to create an extreme amount of value, first and foremost. And so, you know, I believe that if you, you don't deserve to get anything unless you're creating value for others. Mm -hmm. So we start with that kind of principle. So then, you know, how do you assess value, right? And, the, you know, the EOS process itself, it's scripted. So you can buy the book for $15 and you can implement it yourself. Right, mm -hmm. but then people do that, and they're successful at that. Um, you the, you could go online, and for something like three hundred ninety five dollars a month, you can subscribe to Basecamp, and it gives you the videos and materials, and helps you be a better self implementer. And you can do that, and people are successful at that. Um, but or you can hire an implementer, and an implementer is someone that can come in and kind of coach you through the process. Mm -hmm. And there's there's EOS implementers, there's professional implementers, and then there's certified implementers. And the certified implementers, uh, which I am one of, I think, 60 at this time, roughly, there's 250, there's 190 professional and 60 certified. Um, you know, what a certified does is, you know, every 90 days I go to Detroit with my peer group and I work with Gino in the in the EOS worldwide team, Michael Payton and others, and learn. And in the ten years I've been doing it, I've gone to Detroit thirty six out of forty opportunities. I've missed a couple for things that were in conflict for the day, mm -hmm. but I go to those to learn. When I learn, I pull out, you know, fifteen to twenty pages, of, fifteen to twenty pages of notes. So I'm 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 I want to be a master at the mm -hmm. craft. Mm -hmm. right? And so being a master means, you know, it's a, it's a, dis, it's a, it's discipline, it's learning, it's trying, it's, uh, failing, failing, right? Yeah. And, and it's really the, it's really the, the desire to be as pure as you can in the process. Cause when you're pure, the process works better. I'm getting a long way around to your answering your question, but I want to tell you what's the, yes. So, so. All of that helps me create more value for totally. entrepreneurs in the business. 
So when I've done that, um, the, the, the fee works, it's guaranteed. So you go day by day. So there's no long-term contracts in it, but each day is guaranteed. So at the end of the day, if you weren't completely satisfied, you don't pay. And I mean, by pay, at the end of the day, you get a check, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If the client's completely satisfied. So that takes complexity out of the accounting too, right? Because yeah. it's, there's no receivables. It's right. like, so far I have, I, uh, we've had some sessions that didn't go so well, but I've never not got paid. And sure. I've done about 550 sessions at this point. Yeah. And I'm on the track, you know, to be uh, by middle of next year, it'll be well over 600, right? So, so with that comes the trade. So I, I have moved with the, so it ends up being, 6,000 per day for the work. Mm -hmm. But if we, if we look at it, we're working with a client five days a, a year. So it's 30,000 for the system that comes with the coach. Mm -hmm. Now, if we, if we take that 30,000 as an investment for the business, there's lots of things they're spending 30,000 on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we want this 30,000 to benefit the organization. That's the numbers. Well beyond that. Yeah, and if it's if we're not getting ten times that investment in real financial benefit, then I don't feel good about it. Mm. So I know that EOS create the system with a coach and a willing client uh, can create value far beyond the investment. So I don't think about it as I think about it more as a a thirty thousand dollar investment for the year for this entrepreneurial company. Mm. And, you know, there's different rates of growth that kind of get thrown around. Uh, but there, you know, I would, I would hope for a minimum of 15% rate of growth on revenue with that investment. It's not that EOS creates that sure. for the company. It helps you unlock it. It, it's helps, you, it helps the, the entrepreneur and their leadership team unlock the true potential of their business. Mm -hmm. Because what's mm -hmm. the power, how much... What's the power of getting all of your leadership team 100% on the same page with unified. your vision where you're going yeah. and unify? Well, how, you how much potential do you unlock there? Yeah, yeah. And then so a, goes the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization. You know, a $3 million business that grows by 15%, that's 450K, 30 grand a year. Well, I mean, well worth the investment. Well worth it. So, and what we do is unlock not so much the revenue growth, but also the profitability because it's right. sufficient, effective, scalable, and ultimately more profitable. So I like the bottom line part right. of that. Uh, but I would be disappointed if you didn't get bottom line 10 times the investment in it. I'm disappointed. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I think two things you keyed on there that, that we've been keyed on is, uh, one, the word mastery. I think we're all going for that, and nobody talks about it. I think a lot of the stuff you're seeing online in that, like the online education space is just exploding. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's all really, when you boil it down, people are trying to pursue mastery. And, um, and I think this is interesting. A mentor of mine, he showed me this from one of his mentors and this guy had 20 different coaches mm -hmm. in his life. And this guy was 60 some years old yeah. and he had a piano coach, a, a language coach, you know, all these things that he wanted to do and be good at. And I think it's interesting because as we grow up, you know, we as parents, you know, Philip and I have three kids each. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you know, you need a coach in this or you should take lessons. And then when we get through college, mm -hmm. it's like all of that stops. No, mm -hmm. you don't need a marriage coach. I don't need a business coach. I don't need a, mm -hmm. you know, and that mastery pursuit really stops aggressively for most people. And oh, so sure. yeah. I've noticed a difference for Philip and I, you know, using you as our coach 
and not having you as our coach, it's been night and day. And it's like, oh my gosh, I wish we would have started this, you know, sooner. And I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah, it's part of that, uh, you know, being open, honest, and vulnerable again, being coachable, right? Yeah. So, so uh, when the when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? Yep. And so for me, you know, I I uh, mastery is you know the combination of knowledge and understanding plus implementation equals mastery, right? So understanding is only one piece of it. I've got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Right? I got to implement or execute. Then I get mastery. Mm-hmm. And mastery is not. You know, you, I watch uh, some entrepreneurs kind of jump in and jump out, jump in and jump out on different things, and it, nothing seems to be working. Well, you're just not sticking with it long enough. Yeah, so yeah. mastery takes a certain amount of discipline to pull off. To get through. And pull off, and it's, it's, a, it's a little bit over long period of time is, is the route of the master, mm-hmm. yes. typically. Yes. I can get a little bit of a bump, but if I don't, for a short period of time, but if I don't stay on it, it fades away. Yeah. And so, but you can't be a master in all things. You really have to kind of right. pick the things that you're passionate about, the things that, uh, you know, I think Jim Collins had it where, what are you passionate about? What can you be best of the world at doing? And then what's your economic engine and all that? Mm-hmm. And the, the confluence of all those things are the things that you should be powerful, right? That's mm-hmm. your unique ability. That's yeah. the gift you should be giving to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Let's talk about vulnerability and failures. Let's talk about some of those in your life and, and what have you learned through those? How did you get through those? Just talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, uh, I'd like to say everything has gone well, but it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the failures are humbling because sometimes you walk in and you, you think you've got an answer or the secret sauce and, mm-hmm. and you go about working and you realize, and I have a ton of respect for entrepreneurs because I've owned businesses, sold businesses, closed businesses, and sure. they haven't all gone really well. But I've learned more from the failings yes. that have been humbling than the successes. And I think part of what the failing is, is, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and business owner, I used to walk into a business that I, that I owned and, you know, there's 50 cars in the parking lot. And I took that as great responsibility that, you know, we have to make and sell product into the market so we can pay people so they can support their families. And, you know, we're paying for a lot of groceries, you know, and there's a lot of responsibility on us for this. So I never took that really lightly. Um, And so I think that it is, um, you know, when things are going well, you get emboldened. You know, and you think nothing can go wrong. Mm, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it doesn't go so well, and you're humble. It's yeah. like, okay. So what it's done for me is I went through a period of time uh, a few years ago where I had a business that wasn't going well. And I had to make the decision to close it because I was working uh, in a different, in my consulting coaching practice, and I was actually putting money into the other business. Mm. I got to the point where this is crazy. I have 12 people over here and I'm just one over here and I have to make money to put in this business over here with the 12 people. Mm -hmm. So I challenged them. I'm like, what do we got to do over here? Because you're in the business every day to grow and make this business, you know, successful, right? Because right now it's not Not very successful. successful. And I can't keep putting money. This thing has to be standalone. And uh, I ended up having making the tough decision to close Mm -hmm. it. And didn't like it. I wasn't happy about it. 
uh, went through a, a, a depression. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't have called it that at the time, but I ended up with a, I ended up finding a coach for me. Hmm. And I said, okay, get me out of the ditch, right? Help. Help. And uh, it was a really good experience. And from that, I really got centered. You know, I get more um, uh, disciplined, more uh, intentional mm. about the things I'm doing at the end of the day. But I also came out of it more, uh, hopefully, more gracious sure. and more thankful for mm. the things that. Yeah. You know, so Thanksgiving is coming up, right? So I'm always trying to make a list of the things I'm really thankful about, but I also make a list of things that I was, that I'm thankful for about that could have happened that didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> things that could have went Great wrong yeah. that, that didn't, didn't go wrong. Yeah, so true. And so, uh, uh, so the coach helped me get to a better place that, that I, out of that, I, I put together a sheet and the sheet, uh, I keep it with me everywhere I go. It's like, what are my core values? What am I standing for? What am I? Uh, what are my passions? And that's helped me. Every time I start getting away from that page, it starts to wobble a little bit. Mm -hmm. If I stay kind of true to what's on that page, it stays centered. Hmm. So um, that's been really helpful for sure. Man, took me about a year. Take me. It took me about a year to get out of that. Uh, funk. Yeah. No, man. When I, you're laying in bed and you're thinking, should I get up today? <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest things is like, don't we learn more in failures? And just like, there's something about it that mm -hmm. I learned way more about that and me truly than something that went well. Absolutely. It, what you learn is, is about what you are as a person at the end of the day. What's your medal? What do you stand for? Because yeah. it's easy to, it's easy when things are going well to say, here's what I stand for. Yep. It gets really tested <laughs> oh, I love it. when you're under pressure. Yeah. I call it the Cam Newton effect. Remember yep. when he was in the Super Bowl and he was like, before the Super Bowl, he's Superman, everybody's amazing, yep. you know, he's amazing, I'm yep. gonna take this thing to win. And when they lost, it was like the receivers didn't catch it, the blockers didn't block, like, yeah, right. and it was like, okay, we saw your true character, because right. true character, I think, comes out your point yeah. when people are challenged or when yeah. it's not going their way. Um, yeah, it's powerful. We talk about, you know, wealth transfer to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we talk about with our clients is the good and bad experiences. If you could, mm -hmm. if you could somehow communicate that to the next generation and transfer that kind of wealth that you've mm -hmm. learned in the trials, holy cow, what a powerful investment you can give to the next right. generation. So I mean, that's a, so <laughs> wisdom is experience is what you gain from your own failure. Yeah. Wisdom is learning from others. Uh -huh. Yeah. So Honestly, if yeah. you can, and I like that wealth, I like that idea of wealth. So the wealth isn't so much in the, as much as it is with the dollar sign as it is with the experiences. Uh -huh. Core values. And it's the core values. I don't, uh, I don't read the paper a lot, but my, my dad loves to show me the cartoons when I go home. Yeah. And I think about the cartoon that I would draw is we see this all the time. Is like a grandma sitting at the kitchen table looking at her bank statement CD that's paying her 1% and then having the grandchild on her cell phone in the living room, yeah. not talking and looking at her credit card statement that says 24% interest. Mm -hmm. huh. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that of like, you know, we have the lowest interest rate environment we've ever had. People are dying to get money. Families aren't talking about these lessons or principles anymore, mm -hmm. and this next generation is mired 
in mm -hmm. debt. And I think the biggest epidemic we're going to face very quickly, we're already in it, is the, uh, the student loan debt uh, is already over like $1.4 trillion wow. and already 30% delinquent. So, um, and not really backed by an asset, if you think about it. And so, Anyways, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I think that's where Philip and I get excited and some of the things that you've taught us that you not only do with business owners, but you're doing with your family of, of having these family discussions. What do we really want our life to be like and how are we going to get there together? Um, and then how are we going to organize our assets and resources to that end? And so, yeah, so let me you know, have time yeah, to talk about that going. a little bit. So, yeah, come on. so I'm excited. I've been in the EOS process since 2009 and you know, I've known about this. So in in the in the business part of that, there's eight questions you answer, and we talk about being on the same page. It's called a vision, traction, organizer, and business. But they have also had a personal one, mm. right? So EOS is mostly tied to business, but this personal one's been sitting out there. And I I I've printed it a couple of times over the last nine, ten years, and I look at it, so I should probably do something <laughs> with that. But so in June, we sat down. Um, uh, Marilyn and I, and we said, listen, let's start filling this out. Now, we were in Napa filling it out. So <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, you know. Uh, we were in the boardroom. Yeah. We, yeah, we were in the boardroom. We, we had a good view and some wine, and we started filling this out. But it was really good, and and we set our priorities. And the, the conversation, you know, you, you, in a personal situation, you can't make it a business conversation. So I started out by saying, listen, what do we want out of our lives, right? So let's try to get some of that stuff down and be real intentional about those things. Mm -hmm. And we all have things in our mind, you know, that, hey, I want to I wanna go to um, Africa, mm -hmm. right? And, and go on safari, right? So we have those things and those dreams. And so the best way in my mind to be, to get that stuff done is to be very intentional. Intentional means writing it down mm -hmm. and then going for it. Yep. So it helped goals and rocks, to, goals get and rocks yeah. to get you there. So we started the process. Uh, I don't know that this works for everybody. It's working really well for us. And then we just brought our 12 year old into it. Hmm. So he's got rocks priorities. We have a scorecard. We have a level 10 meeting. Can every, we just every go back week. there? You have your 12 year old doing it. <laughs> Just yeah. good. And it's loose. It's not. It's loose, yeah. right? It's but it's a huge win, yeah. by the way. I agree. It's a huge win. So he's got a first time ever, he's got a couple of rocks in this quarter. And we have a scorecard of things we want to do, uh, the things we're keeping track of on a weekly basis, right? So, and we put it around, you know, financial, emotional, and mental health are things that are on the scorecard. Sure. So this is new. I mean, we didn't, it's just like we're building on it mm -hmm. a little bit over time. Yeah. So he's, so we had a, so this is uh we had an issue come up the other day. No way. Yeah. yeah. So it's like my son, uh, he's like, Hey uh, dad, I've got an issue for the issues list. So <laughs> perfect. So we will, we'll wait. We've got to wait till Sunday for our level 10 meeting, but we'll make sure we bring it up on the list. And he brings it up and we, I knew what the issue was and his mother knew what the issue was. And so his mother was prepared for here's, here's, he, he wanted to make a trip for school. And, um, you know, and it's a, it's a trip to go to uh, London and Paris and then home. And he's only 12, right? By the time the trip happens, he's 13. All, obviously, there's some concerns from parents on, you know, yeah. uh, will it go well as a tour? What happens if it goes wrong? All this. Yeah. yeah, and his mother had a list of six or seven things. And Ethan had, so for every one of the things that his mother had, he had a, he made an excellent argument. Wow. And 
he won. He he was he was it was pretty good until the last one. His mother said, "You're gonna, you know, you have to be, you know, I want you to be 14 or 15 to make a trip like that." And he said, "There, I, there's nothing I can do. I'm only gonna be 13, right? I can't get yeah. two more years older <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in one year." But then uh, we agreed to support the trip. Wow! And um, that went. That's a good way to kind of work through that. Yeah. Because he was good at answering the questions yeah, and addressing yeah. the issues. He's purposeful and intentional. He's purposeful, and intentional about it. And so I think that just that that's he's learning a lot out of that. Sure. Uh, yeah. That process. Yeah. Right? And I think it's interesting. You started the whole EOS process in 2009. But just yeah. in 2018, yeah. you got this personal one. I so, wish I would have started it sooner, sooner. for sure. sure. Sure, We would have been further along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've got no good reason. Well, we did try to do it a couple of years ago and kind of craft core values. And we did, we, that work helped us kind of two years later. Sure. But it's, it, that was 2015. Yeah. I don't know. It just happens totally. it happens the way that it happens. But my advice would be start that sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And I share this with people. You know what their initial reaction is? I can never do that. Wow, I could never do that. Yeah. That's crazy. Why yeah. are you why are you doing that at home? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't you just unplug and be at home? Yeah. I'm like, well, hold on a minute, yeah. right? It isn't about unplugging, it's uh, it's just life, mm-hmm. right? We're working. You know, uh, we're playing, we're family, you know, but it's just, it's we're just working towards something. We're working towards something. Might as well be intentional about it. Right. So let's just put this, let's just put this energy yeah. down mm-hmm. on paper. We're doing it anyway. Yeah. Let's yeah. just put it on paper and kind of agree on where we want to be or how we want to go about things. Yeah. I got to tell you, in the last six months, since we, since we did the first one, we've accelerated the rate at which we've, oh, we're getting God. things done. Sure with less friction mm. and less um, more alignment and less friction. Mm. So n- not only are we getting m- more of what we want to get done better and faster, but we're doing it with less friction. You're unified. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody would want that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, mean, cause we were, we've made progress in the past, right. As a, mm-hmm. as a, as a family. Yeah. Um, but not, not at the rate and sure. with more friction. Yeah, sure. Well, I think too, I think there's a huge topic. So you shared the template with us. Mm-hmm. I actually took Megan through it on her honeymoon uh, <laughs> with wine. Yeah. And Santa Fe. Be and careful yeah, how secret, you go into yeah. this. Secret <laughs> <laughs> so, sauce. Yeah. Introduce it with wine. Yeah. yeah. And so we established a baseline and I, I'm like super excited about it. And um, I think when you study like, uh, you know, I would say like the Jewish culture and two, 3,000 years ago. Yeah. And you look at history, the, the family was very well connected around the business and the source of income. Yeah. Uh, you know, there really wasn't this whole external economy yeah. at, like we know it to be now. And that really started with the industrialized age and, mm-hmm. and really took the males out of the home. Mm-hmm. And now it's taken the females predominantly mm-hmm. out of the home. Yeah. And so I think we've lost track of this art of family and communicating and these principles and wisdom and how do we pass these things down? How do we communicate about the things that we want? How do we communicate about the things that make us different within our own family? Right. And so I'm super excited about you showing us your, your family OS and, and we're working on some things to, to bring that more to our clients as well. And so uh, I think there's a lot more to come on this topic. 
especially uh, for, for Brian sure. and I, because we really do feel yeah. like we take people on a family level mm-hmm. and start dissecting your core values. What's what are you guys going after? What are your goals? Mm-hmm. What can we start doing now? And we put the control back into the client's hands mm-hmm. versus other advisors who are like, yeah, just give me your money and I'll give you. We'll, yeah. we'll meet back in 60, you know, when you're 60 and I'll tell you if you can retire or not, yeah. which is totally counterintuitive well, than that's everyone what I, else. That's what I like about what you guys are doing differently. It's more holistic. Uh, yes, there's a wealth and freedom component, but if you, if, you, if you think about, you know, there's different freedoms. There's freedom of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. freedom of time, how mm-hmm. I use it. There's freedom of relationship of who I, who I want to spend my time with. And, you know, there's... If we can, if we can carve it out more as, you know, freedom means I'm not having to work as hard for it. I'm free to make some choices. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we don't believe, some people get trapped and believe they don't have choices. I mm-hmm. don't, I think that's a choice biggest, as well. Yes, <laughs> mistake. We all have choices. So we all have choices. And you so give that power away from somebody as a choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Now with the choice comes responsibility as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I, I, you know, I just don't block yourself, right? Don't get out of your yeah. own way. We kind of say a lot more of what you want. As like, you're in a jail cell that you put yourself in, but you don't realize you're holding the key You've got to the let key. yourself out. Yeah. Or the keys in the door. Yeah, the keys <laughs> in the door. You're gonna have to the muddle door around. Might even be cracked open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to muddle around. It's dark. Yeah. It's gonna be awkward. But yeah, yeah. And that's typically to your point earlier, just shedding light on things. And uh, you know, that's obviously a biblical principle too. So I learned a while back yeah. about the the prison of the shoulds, mm. and the should is, and we live with the in the prison of the shoulds. The shoulds are only in the mind; they're not in reality. Mm. But we—it's a should little part do of this. Should do that, or we should have—we should have done that better. Yeah. Or we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And it's really that, or that past—you know—that time mm. zone called the past holds you back. Yeah. Because one of the most powerful principles: stop saying should or shouldn't. I should do this. I shouldn't have done that. Either go do it. Yeah. I am doing this. Or I'm not doing it. I did that. Doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or but stop beating yourself up. We yeah. we have uh, all these shoulds are bags that weigh us down. Yeah. Drop them because it's not yeah. reality. Totally. The should is the should is the prison is the yeah. imprisonment. And I think that's where our listeners start. Like we always try to like circle around with how do you apply what we just talked about, and I think that's where you start. Start taking responsibility and control. Yeah. Yeah. of things in your life. If you don't like them, yeah. then understand that you're putting yourself there. Yes. And what are you going to do to start working out of that? Mm-hmm. And once you start that, I'm telling you, it's a switch in your yeah. head where you feel not as bad being there. Yeah. Right. And even in some clients that are working really hard and they hate their job, when they start having a passion outside of that and they see how that job is funding that passion, yes. it's not that bad anymore. <laughs> so it's just a perception change. So I think that's where that's you, where you start. How do they contact you, Mark? Or like, how do they reach out to you or learn more about you? Um, great question. So uh, we have a website uh, called uh, y.com. That's W-H-Y-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. So it's ycompany.com. You can reach me at mstanley at ycompany.com. So mstanley at the same dot com. Uh, or reach me through uh, Brian and Philip. That's right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark, for your time today. Thanks, guys. Wealth of information and wisdom. And uh, can't wait to see what uh, we've got in store for you soon. Awesome. This will be fun. Thank you. You're welcome. 
That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.